It's Wednesday the 13th of September and this is The Splash. Yeah, big show on The Splash today. Plenty happening uh, at foxsports.com.au. Plenty on the website. So much content. I'm your host, Phil Pryor. Uh, We've had the Market Watch, uh, NRL Market Watch podcast team in here earlier today. They've just put up a new episode featuring Cowboys general manager of football, Peter Parr. Uh, very interesting. Obviously following North Queensland's fantastic win over Cronulla last weekend. Doing it without so many of their big stars. Plenty happening in the Fox footy world as well. But on today's show, we've, we, we talk rugby. We're talking this potentially new Pacific Rugby Championship competition. We will chat to Sam Worthington, the rugby writer. We're also going to chat some European Champions League. Plenty of results uh, to cap off from overnight uh, and more action tomorrow. But first, on the line, we have boxing writer Dan Attias uh, joining us. He's got a story on the website foxsports.com.au up right now previewing potentially the fight of the year. Dan, can we, can we call it fight of the year? <laughs> uh, definitely, I think so. I mean, obviously, there's been a lot of um, attention on the fight that happened a few weeks ago between Mayweather and McGregor, but this is the real fight of the year. <laughs> Uh, I'm, I'm agreeing with you there. Uh, of course, one of Mayweather's uh, former opponents, the only uh, the only uh, boxer that that has ever beaten Canelo Alvarez, he takes on Gennady Golovkin in a super a super fight for the for middleweight supremacy. Uh, and Dan, um, how is the build up to this one going so far? Oh, it's pretty big. I mean, amongst boxing people, it's it's definitely the the one that's been you know on the radar for a few years now. So there's a lot of excitement there. Mm. Uh, I think the big fight a few weeks ago has taken a little bit of steam out of it, but um, yeah, but yeah it's, it's still definitely a huge fight. Yeah, and uh, and and your yarn on uh, foxsports.com.au uh, is all about a time where they actually previously met these two in the ring um, back in 2011. Uh, can you talk us through it? Uh, yeah, I mean, it was back in 2011. Both guys weren't really big names in the sport. Um, Golovkin was a middleweight champion, um, whereas Canelo was, uh, I think he was fighting as a welterweight back then. Um, so basically, um, there was a sparring session organised between the two men. Uh, Golovkin wanted somebody who was um, quite quick, so he picked the smaller Canelo, and Canelo wanted somebody who was quite strong. Um, so yeah, it was... I guess not a big deal at the time, but, but now it's certainly something that people are very interested in. And they're, and they're kind of different fighters heading into this one as well. Obviously, um, you know, Golovkin has this, uh, you know, unmatchable uh, power in his punch. His last uh, 24 fights, 23 by the way of KO, he's taken his his records standing at 37-0, and whereas... Canelo is more of um, more of a, a boxer, would you say? How, how would you describe uh, Canelo's boxing style as opposed to Golovkin's? Yeah, Golovkin's definitely the bigger puncher. Um, Golovkin can box too, but I definitely think um, Canelo's turned into um, yeah quite the boxer. Um, obviously, the, the the weight thing is the big the big question mark surrounding this fight. Um, this will be probably I think the second time that Canelo's fought somebody. Um, and he's been, I guess, at a disadvantage in the weights. Um, so, yeah, it'll be, be very very interesting to see how he handles the, the power of, of Golovkin. And, uh, and, and 
back in 2011, obviously we assume that uh, at that point in both of their careers, Golovkin was the, the superior uh, boxer. But um, what's changed since then? Why, uh, you know, why is this the type of fight that, that could really go either way? I think Canelo's improved a, a great deal since 2011. Um, he's taken on some, some great fighters. Um, his skills have improved quite a lot, and I guess he's reaching his physical prime at 27. So, um, again, obviously he's going to be the smaller man, but uh, I think his skills are, have improved to the point where you can say it's a pretty much a 50-50 fight. And can you fill us in with all the details for the listeners um you know, for those that do want to tune in, even to the to the weigh-in, but then obviously the fight itself. Um, you know, how can they uh, how can they witness this uh, huge boxing event? So the fight itself will be on Sunday morning, 10 a.m. Australian time, Australian Eastern time. Uh, it's on main event, so you can you can pay for the pay-per-view. You can uh, I'm sure there'll be a lot of pubs and bars that will be showing it. Uh, the main fight itself probably won't start until around. At a guess, around twelve thirty-ish, but um, the undercard starts at ten a.m. Is there anything on the undercard that stands out as well to you? Oh, there's a few decent fights, but um, but yeah, this one's definitely about the main event for me. Yeah, for sure. And do you have a a tip for us, Dan, before we let you go? Uh, I think Golovkin's size and strength will be a little bit too much. Uh, I'd say a late stoppage for Golovkin. Interesting call there. Uh, Dan, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, you can follow Dan on Twitter for uh, for all the boxing uh, news, not just this weekend, but moving forward as well, at Dan underscore Attias. Uh, Dan, thank you very much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's certainly going to be an epic fight this weekend. There has been an epic fight going on in the rugby union uh, world, or more specifically Australia, Andrew Twiggy Forrest v. the ARU uh, and a proposed new uh, Indo-Pacific Rugby Championship competition. We will have uh, rugby writer Sam Worthington in to discuss that in just a moment. But first, a bit of football, because speaking of epic fights, there are a few good battles overnight uh, in the European Champions League. Uh, and joining me is Dave Weiner uh, from Fox Football. Uh, Dave, can you quickly run us through what happened overnight in the UCL? Yeah, it was a, a huge morning starting at uh, the sprightly hour of 4.45am, which was always good to get up <laughs> if you're going to watch some of the biggest teams in Europe play. And there were some massive names and 28 goals all up this morning across the eight games, of which you can see them all in one video on foxsports.com.au if you haven't caught up on them yet. Probably the first game I turned my attention to was Paris Saint-Germain against Celtic. The first time we saw Neymar, Kylian Mbappe, Edison Cavani together as a front three. Mm. Um, they travelled to Celtic where Tom Rodrick was on the bench. So unfortunately, we didn't see him start off up against Neymar. He did come on in the second half, but by that stage, they were already 3-0 down. That trio in their first game together in the Champions League had scored a goal each by 40 minutes. So they're going to be wow. frightening. Uh, a frightening proposition uh, for, for all opponents going forward um, in Europe this year. I mean, that's what they're there for. They've spent mm. ridiculous money to try and become competitive at that level, and they've delivered from the off. Um, and goals are plenty across, um, across Europe. Chelsea bagged six 
against the champions of Azerbaijan, Quarabag. I hope I've said that correctly. <laughs> Bayern Munich put three uh, away as well. Manchester United put three away, but Jose Mourinho was not happy at all with the fact that they kind of took their foot off the gas when they looked in a sort of one or two nil uh, ascent piece, position of ascendancy. The concern for them, Paul Pogba limped off after 18 minutes with a hamstring injury, but to Mourinho's delight, the very uh, polarising Marion Fellaini came on and scored. He's not the most popular player, but he's one of Mourinho's favourite players, and uh, he bobbed up and scored along with Marcus Rashford and Romelu Lukaku, his first ever Champions League goal against uh, Basel. I did see a heading headline on the website. Um, Messi, yes. uh, he uh, there was a a, a, a milestone. One, well, one of the few things Messi hasn't achieved in the game. He hasn't scored before. Uh, scored before against Gigi Buffon, okay. uh, an icon of the wow. game like him. Look, they've played a, a couple of times through the years, and, and it was always a running theme that hey, he couldn't get past the great Gigi, one of my favourite players, um, the ageless goalkeeper for, for Juventus but not only did he do that today he did it twice mm-hmm. two beautiful goals one he started in his own half before a 1-2 on the edge of the area and a, another one just another trademark jink finish dance um, late in the game to make it 3-0 pretty appropriate that on a night that um, as I mentioned the Paris Saint-Germain strike force was running rampant Lionel Messi reminded Neymar and reminded everyone that mm. they're not going to go down quietly uh, this European Champions League yeah, either man. so yeah look a, a really entertaining morning um, look in the early days of the competition you expect a lot of goals and perhaps some um, uneven results uh, particularly when the you know what a great experience for the champions of Azerbaijan to be running around against the champions of the Premier League uh, we were joking this morning around the office that uh, Arsenal play uh, Chelsea on the weekend. They play Europa League on Friday, our time, and probably have a tougher game than Chelsea do. But, you know, that's that's the eclectic nature of the Champions League. And it continues tomorrow where Liverpool are back. They play Sevilla at Anfield. Um, Tottenham hosts Borussia Dortmund at Wembley. That's a really tasty fixture as well. Dortmund riddled with injury heading into the game. Manchester City, they head to Feyenoord. Um, and the holders, Real Madrid, host Cypriot outfit Apoel. Uh, Tommy Orr, an Australian, is part of that club, but he was not included in their Champions League squad. So I love these early starts because there's just great football mm. um, on to feast on throughout the day. Of course, uh, be sure to head to the website in the morning uh, to check out uh, all of those results uh, and, and, and including the every goal montage which mm. we get up for for all the all the Europeans Champions League those montages are just something else I love them uh, and Dave what's the sort of the fallout and the follow-up um, uh, you know where's the sort of the Fox football uh, agenda uh, heading now um, you know is it still focusing on PSG I think that's one of the interesting ones because when you spend that much money, you, you, you demand results immediately, and that's exactly what they got. And some of the football they played, albeit against a pretty hapless Celtic side that Brendan Rodgers said played like a bunch of 12-year-olds, um, it, it's a formidable task. But they, they need to be because they're in a group with Bayern Munich, and you can't slip up when you've got two formidable teams like that jostling for the top seeding and the first place in the group. Um, when they meet... 
in the group stage. They're going to be two absolute ding-dong battles. Um, look, the Manchester United one's in, very interesting because we're going to be watching very closely for the uh, diagnosis or prognosis on Paul Pogba's injury, um, which is always very interesting. Um, and to be honest, looking forward to tomorrow, it's, it's, that's what it's all about with the mm. Liverpool's return in, in the Champions League in a very tight game with Sevilla from, from Spain. Um, Jurgen Klopp, will he play Philippe Coutinho? We'll learn that early tomorrow morning. He's already declared that Loris Karius, his second-choice keeper, will get the nod over the Simon Millionaire. So we've got a bit of detail about that on the site as well. Look, other than that, it's, uh, it doesn't stop. The feast continues because we move and turn our attention to the FFA Cup tonight on Fox Sports, and that's always a you know that's a feast for us, our, our local cup competition, where there's a uh, an FFA Cup final replay tonight when Sydney FC host Melbourne City at Leichhardt Oval in mm. Sydney. So that'll be absolutely fabulous, live on on Fox Sports, of course, and there'll be you know live stream of uh, of the other game when Adelaide United uh, they host Heidelberg. Sorry. They are hosted by Heidelberg, I should say, the Victorian NPL outfit as well. When you can watch that uh, exclusively on foxsports.com.au. So that's where our focus goes to tonight after a very busy morning. It's wall-to-wall uh, action on, on for us. It, uh, yeah. it's the a, calendar never slows it down. It doesn't slow down um, because once we get through that, we're looking forward to the Matildas on Saturday as well. <laughs> so when Brazil come to town, so lots of great action to, to enjoy. Well, be sure to check out all of Dave's content uh, on the Fox Sports website, foxsports.com.au forward slash football. Uh, Thanks, Dave. Absolute pleasure. Hope to be uh, chatting again soon. Love the new show. And from a prestigious competition which has been running over 60 years, we turn our attention to one that potentially kicks off next year. We've got rugby writer Sam Worthington with us here to discuss... Uh, Andrew Twiggy Forrest's launch today of the Indo-Pacific Rugby Championship. Sam, thanks for joining the Splash. Uh, Give us a quick rundown. Yeah, so today was an opportunity for for Twiggy to basically give more detail on on what had been pretty sketchy plans so far about this Indo-Pacific Rugby Championship. I guess the key takeaway from it was that it's definitely not a rebel league. He's not trying to, um, I guess, change the face of world rugby. And, and he pulled this... in the reins quickly there, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. And he's had a couple of meetings with Cameron Klein, the ARU chairman, and, and mm. uh, apparently they've gone quite well, um, <laughs> the, the robust conversation. But uh, it seems like they are constructive uh, conversations. So Twiggy today... The, the key points for this proposed new comp are six teams kicking off um, in August next year, um, one of which will be Perth. Um, and, then, and then you're looking at teams like Singapore, Hong Kong, Samoa, um, in that region, obviously a highly populated region as well. Um, he, he's saying that this proposed competition could work alongside Super Rugby and the NRC. Um, so he's he's drawn up... Uh, it's a big ask. It is indeed. He's drawn up a calendar which uh, you and I just had a look at and it gets very crammed. Um, yeah. But, but, but uh, in return... Plenty of NRC overlap with, with those times as well. The NRC kicks off in September. That's right. This proposed competition will start in August. August and, and running through into October. And yeah, what he's saying is that uh, he, he wants to strike a deal where, say, Adam Coleman, for instance, the, the Star Force and Wallabies guy who's currently in limbo. Um, he, he wants to strike a deal where Adam could sign with the Rebels um, and carry on with the Wallabies, but also then play um, a role in this Indo-Pacific Rugby Championship. So, But looking at the calendar, it, it's hard to see how a uh, an actual full-time Wallabies player mm. could play in both. Uh, so, yeah, the, the, the huge, I guess, dominoes to fall now are uh, whether Twiggy can get a guy like Adam Coleman 
to sign on and, and um, then it becomes a really intriguing situation or, or whether it's just going to be these kind of second tier um, older guys maybe like a Matt Hodgson could come out of retirement or, or the younger guys uh, to play in this comp so yeah the ARU responded to, to Twiggy's press conference today with a short statement saying look uh, hold your horses kind of I guess uh, just, just saying that yes we've had conversations yes we want to work with this guy because he's got loads of cash uh, reading between the lines um, but there's a hell of a lot of water to go under the bridge yet so, so what needs to happen next um, you know for this competition to to you know seek to gain some steam and, and, and lock it in yeah well the crucial point is whether the AAU does buy into this and, yeah. and actually um, sign off on, on collaborating together and, and allowing guys to, to double dip I guess in playing in, in both comps that's the huge uh, question for them um, Twiggy's I think it is a good thing for rugby that it needed a bit of a shake-up to the establishment. Um, yeah. uh, and a guy like Twiggy um, look, can debate whether or not he's got into it for the right reasons. He got into it very late in the piece. And clearly there's a, a you know ego factor yeah. there and, and, yeah. and a bit of a power struggle. But I think Ego he, factor at the top of rugby union? Surely not, surely not. But nah. I think, yeah, I think he, he clearly does, is very passionate about Western Australia um, and does have a degree of interest in rugby. So from what I can gather, this comp will actually happen now and, and one way or another um, like he's gone this far with it and um, I don't think he wants to have egg on his face and, and nothing happen so yeah I, th- I think the, w- the comp will happen it's whether or not it goes ahead with the AU's uh, full approval or not yes or no can it improve Australian rugby grassroots uh, yeah, like if you were to draw up a dream scenario where where you, you do get um, a lot of these, I guess, in between players that that are on the fringe of of the Wallabies, perhaps, and and the younger players and and, and the older guys like a Matt Hodgson, and, and and whether Twiggy's willing to bankroll it further and, and actually bring in international stars to help uh, develop the comp, uh, th- there could be a role there. Um, it would be a great experience for young Australian players to to play overseas and and against um, potentially. Some and big names but mm. there's just so much water to go un- under the bridge here and, and it, you know it's hard to see how it works constructively with the NRC at the same time when it, when it's you know in theory supposed to be doing the, the, the same thing so yeah just a huge question mark still but all, all very interesting in the world of rugby we will be following this story along the way of course uh, at foxsports.com.au um, and be sure to follow Sam Worthington's uh, content and information uh, forward slash rugby Sam thanks for coming on the splash today thanks for having me and uh and that'll do us for the splash uh, a big edition boxing rugby uh, football as well uh, but until next time that is a wrap <laughs>